Welcome to The Trip Podcast. The Trip interviews inspiring travel bloggers and influencers on their most recent trips around the world. Think of this podcast as the ultimate audio travel guide to your favorite destinations with insider tips and recommendations. Today's podcast is on Cappadocia, Turkey, a magical destination known for hot air balloon rides, cave hotels, and their stunning fairy chimneys. It's also been one of the most popular destinations on Instagram. We'll be speaking with Annie from the travel blog, Where to Fly to Next. Annie and her boyfriend, Will, are from Sydney, Australia, but are constantly traveling the world while capturing the most beautiful photos and writing in their blog. She'll be talking about one of her favorite travel destinations, Cappadocia, Turkey. We'll be going over where to stay, how to get around, and some absolute must-do experiences. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes for all of the information. Annie, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm so excited to hear about Turkey. Let's get started with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and when you started blogging? So my name's Annie. Um, I'm based in Sydney, Australia, and I started blogging a really long time ago. I'd say about like five to six years ago, but... Um, when I started blogging, it wasn't really travel related. Um, it was just a side hobby at the time. And I really loved teaching myself how to build websites and do a little like DIY projects and that kind of thing. So I created a website, um, posted up all my hobbies and interests there. And then it starting, started to get a little bit of traffic. And then I guess it wasn't until about like two years ago when um, Instagram became the big platform that everybody was using that I started to uh, post on Instagram and that was also around the same time when I started traveling because I just had all these things on my bucket list that I needed to tick off and then that's how Annie's bucket list the Instagram page came about and now I mainly focus on travel but also like lifestyle posts and things that I do around Sydney Australia too when I'm at home Um, and that's my full-time job now so I'm a full-time travel blogger Um, I create content for hotels and tour groups and I'm very lucky that it transformed into that kind of page but yeah it's a dream job for a lot of people and on your blog (laughs) you actually have an amazing post on Cappadocia Turkey um it's so detailed favorite destination yeah and you were so adamant about talking about it and I'm so glad um so can you provide us with a little overview of your trip when you went and how long you went for Uh, I went there in March this year, so I would have preferred to go maybe a little bit later around like spring and autumn because that's kind of the best time to visit um, Turkey, Cappadocia. Uh, And the reason why I wanted to go there was just because I saw these amazing like videos and images of the beautiful like hot air balloons. So apparently like the uh, that area in Turkey has the most like biggest flight of hot air balloons in one go um, in more than anywhere else in the world and their sunrises are just like the color transitions in the sky is beautiful and the sky is filled with hot air balloons and it's just always been a dream to go there (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so my partner um, Will he actually has a full-time like corporate job and he was only able to take leave around March which was also around my birthday so it was kind of like a birthday celebration slash holiday yeah (laughs) not a bad way to spend your birthday that's amazing (laughs) and how was the weather in March um it was a little bit chilly so the the reason why I would recommend going around spring and autumn is because 
the hot air balloons, they fly every morning. But if the weather isn't permitting, like if it's too windy, um, then obviously they have to cancel the hot air balloon mm-hmm. flight. So going around March can be a little bit risky. Like the day that we got there in Turkey, we were there for um, only a week, which was way too short. <laughs> but the day that we landed there, um, that morning the balloons actually didn't fly and we were just getting really worried that they oh. wouldn't fly the whole time we were there. Yeah, because it's a long way away from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> so it would be a shame to go there, yeah, and not actually see the balloons. Um but we were lucky that the next few days the skies were clear and weather turned was around. okay and we did do the hot air balloon. Yeah, it turned oh, around. Nice. Thank goodness. So did you fly into Cappadocia then? Yeah, we just took a flight there. And then um, once we landed, we hired a car to get ourselves around. Um, I think a lot of people, they just do like a stopover in Turkey and then they hop on the buses. There's a few different bus routes that you can take around Cappadocia and it stops at all the main pit stops. Um, but we like to travel at our own pace and do our own thing without like being in a crowd or, mm-hmm. or being in a tour group. So, yeah, we took a flight there and then we hired a car and took ourselves around. Okay, nice. And on your blog, it looked like you stayed at the Sultan Cave Suites and uh, Museum Hotel. Can you tell me a little bit more about your experience there? Yeah, they're, they're two different um, experiences. So we stayed at Museum Hotel first. Um, Museum Hotel is located like right at the highest point of um, Uchisa, which is really beautiful in terms of like the view. You see all the rolling hills and all the chimney like mountains and stuff. So it's really, really nice in um, Museum Hotel. They've got like an open terrace at the rooftop with a heated pool. So it was a bit cold, nice. but we were still able to take a dip in the pool. Yeah, really nice. We did that um, during sunrise when the hot air balloons were flying. So that was that was amazing. Um, Museum Hotel is like quite boutique. It's a it's a boutique luxury hotel, so they only have a few rooms, um, which means that it's not um, it's not crowded there. So I guess if you're staying there and you want like a nice intimate experience of the hot air balloons in the morning, you can just make yourself make your way up to the rooftop and just sit there and have oh, breakfast that's nice. and time. Yeah, really nice. Um, it's it's quite unique because every single room is made out of like real historical like artifacts that are hundreds and hundreds of years old so hence the museum hotel mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's just very unique because it's kind of like uh, it's all the rooms are carved out within caves so it's a cave hotel and it's, it's very beautiful inside and outside um Sultan Cave Suites is a little more, I guess, like mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's really well known in the Insta world. <laughs> yes, I've seen um, it a few times. Yeah, very, very Instagrammable rooftop. Um, so it's a little bit more crowded. There's a lot of people who go there. It's right in the heart of the city in Gorem. Um, and that's where all the hustle and bustle is. So um, Sultan Cave Suites isn't as intimate as Museum Hotel, um, but the rooftop there is famous and they also have... Um, a, a dog that's visiting the rooftop every oh, morning. I so I think <laughs> <laughs> she's insta famous now too. I yeah, <laughs> I've seen her a couple yeah. of times now. Um, can you touch yeah, on the, the prices? Like the icon. <laughs> can you can you touch on the prices uh, per night for for either of those? Um, I can't remember the prices off the top of my head, but Museum Hotel is definitely more on the luxury end, mm-hmm. so that one's a little bit more expensive. Um, 
in terms of salt and cave sweets, it really depends on which rooms you decide on. So salt and cave sweets have like just a regular room and they also have like a luxury kind of cave style room. So it's dependent on which one you choose. Um, but I can't remember the prices off the top of my head. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll put those two in the show notes and I'll look up the price too. So let's talk about activities. Obviously the hot air balloons are one of the main attractions of the area. Can you talk a little bit more about um, how you would book this? Um, so I did a, a bit of research and I just wanted to see like what people, what kind of reviews people were leaving about the hot air balloons and if it was really like worth doing because mm-hmm. it's not, it's it's a little bit expensive um, in comparison to other activities that you could do in Cappadocia. Do you know do you remember um, how much but, it was? Uh, uh, from Australian dollars, I think it was about like three, four hundred Australian dollars per person. Um, yeah, I I think that's the price, but okay. I can send you the link afterwards to double check. I may be wrong. Yeah, no worries, and I'll put, um, that, put that link in the show notes. Yeah, thank you. I I did do a bit of research, and the hot air balloon ride. People were saying it was a must. But um, some people had bad experience just because the hot air balloon that they booked, they tried to cram too many people in the basket. So you're kind of squished. Yeah, especially if you're small and then you're squished inside the basket and you're not kind of like on the edge of the basket. You don't see the view. And that was the that that they were the only negative things that people were saying about the hot air balloon rides. But everyone else was saying it's a must do. So um, I found Cappadocia Voyager balloons and they have a few different options of like the type of hot air balloon ride you want to do. So one is um, a hot air balloon ride with less people and one has a bit more people. So obviously there's a price difference there. Um, But because they had that option, I went with them and I chose the option of going with only a few people, um, which was great because our hot air balloon basket, like we were able to like move around to different corners and take turns and like take photos of each other without like being crammed in that one basket. So that was really good. Um, that would be my main thing when people are considering doing the hot air balloon ride, like a hundred percent, definitely do it. It is like beautiful. And it was, it was so beautiful that I was crying and oh. I could like, Will could not take a nice photo of me. <laughs> I've had a couple of those travel experiences where you start tearing up and it's just, it's, it's yeah. beautiful, <laughs> but you liked it that much. Yeah, I I didn't expect it to be as beautiful in person as it was in pictures and it was even more than I expected. It was amazing. Like I would 100% recommend to do it, but definitely pick a balloon where there aren't too many people crammed in the basket. Um, And the best photos you will ever take in Cappadocia with the hot air balloons is actually from the from that point, the vantage point where all the vans line up and they're um, heating up the hot air balloons and they're kind of just taking flight from oh, that wow. spot. Yeah. They all do it at the same time. Yeah, and that is the best spot to take photos of the hot air balloons. But like I said, I was crying and I just was oh. horrible so we didn't really get any <laughs> pictures there. We, we took most of our pictures at the hotel. <laughs> yeah. So and that was that um, was I've seen mm-hmm. other people take photos there. And Sorry, I, what were you saying? No, I was going to say so that was my next question was the best place to watch the hot air balloons, but as you just mentioned, it's from um the takeoff point essentially. Is there any other yeah. like I, I I think I saw a spot where you were on a cliff 
um, somewhere. It looked like you had almost hiked up. I don't know where exactly that was. Um, can you can you yeah. touch on any other spots that would be great to to watch the hair the hot air balloons from? Yeah, so I think you're referring to the picture where we're at um, this valley, and it's called Rose Valley. So Rose Valley, it turns like a really beautiful red color at sunrise and sunset just because of the way that the sun hits the mountains. Um, and uh, we went there for sunset, but we didn't have time to actually go there for a sunrise. But I've seen people go there for a sunrise and there's the hot air balloons in the back. So that's amazing. Um, but I'm just not 100% sure if the all the, the balloons would fly over that area all the time because it depends on where they take flight from. Um, but that spot is definitely um, another recommendation of mine to go and check out, especially for sunrise or sunset. It's like super romantic. <laughs> oh, that sounds um, lovely. Yeah, they have like little areas where you can sit right by the cliff there and then um, there's a little shop there that they have coffee and tea so you can order some coffee and tea and just enjoy the view. So that was really nice. Um yeah, that would be my other big recommendation for Cappadocia. And then after, I guess after the main things like the hot air balloons, like going in one and viewing one and um, watching the sunrise and sunset over Rose Valley, um, I would also recommend just like taking your time and driving around and like eating the street food and exploring the market. There's this amazing like carpet shop, which is kind of like an open <laughs> carpet shop that's owned carpet shop owned by this man who's been running his family business for decades and decades and he's got like I don't know three decades worth of carpets that are just lined up like really beautifully and people go there and visit him all the time to take pictures so that's another great activity to do oh nice and uh, that was my next question was was there any other obviously a hot air balloon um excursion is an absolute must do was there anything else that you would strongly recommend to travelers that were headed to Cappadocia? Yeah, um, I mean, on top of the Rose Valley and also just visiting the market, especially that man's like carpet shop, you'll, you'll walk past it and you'll see it. And it it's not hard to spot. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess my other, the other recommendation is something that's a little bit different, which is um, Love Valley. <laughs> So Love Valley was a recommendation that my friends made to me because we um, met up with a few friends in Cappadocia. They had been there for a little while already and they said, you have to go to Love Valley. It's hilarious. And I wasn't <laughs> sure why they said it was hilarious. Um, I'm so excited to look this up. Realized, <laughs> yeah, you need to look this up. Love Valley in Cappadocia. Um, when you go there, the rock formations there, they're, all of the... Um, all of the high-rise rocks, they're made of two particular types of rocks that are stacked on top of each other. And just the way that they erode over time has made them look like, um, has, has shaped them into phallic-like rocks. <laughs> so it is literally a valley of... Um, Penis of rocks. Phallic-looking rocks. <laughs> Penis rocks, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I, I could say that. So. No, of course, of course. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it because I just looked it up and it's hilarious. Uh, and I definitely have yeah. seen it in photos before. And when I went to Turkey when I was like 16, 17, I have a postcard with these on it. I remember thinking it was so funny as a 16-year-old. So I, I remember, oh, yeah. I didn't know, I don't, rem, I don't remember it being called Love Valley. I don't think we ever went there as with my family. I just, <laughs> I got a postcard with, with this on it and I gave it to my friend. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I did see a few families there, like just the parents were laughing and the kids just had no idea what was going on. <laughs> but it's definitely somewhere that I recommend to visit. Um, I, I never realized that because we did drive past Love Valley a few times when we were like driving around. Um, and I didn't realize that like it was called Love Valley for that reason. But I remember driving past it and thinking, oh, that looks a little bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you kind of drive into Love Valley, it's just like, yeah, it's it's amazing and it's funny at the same time. So it's something different to do. <laughs> okay, definitely. Yeah, add that on to my to-do list or to see list. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> now, did you rent a car and drive around to all these different places? Yeah, we did. So um, that's how we prefer to travel. Like every mm-hmm. place that we go to where we the roads are pretty easy to navigate, we just um, rent a car. So the streets of Cappadocia are really quiet and there aren't really a lot of cars around the roads. So um, it was quite easy just to hire a car and then drive to places because um, Will and I, when we, when we explore places and we've been with tour groups before, it it's kind of hard because you go to the main tourist attractions with a whole bunch of other tourist buses and they all kind of land, like they all kind of get there at the same time and it's a bit crowded and it's it's just harder to enjoy the experience that way. So I would definitely recommend hiring a car and driving around yourself because the roads aren't hard to navigate um, as long as you just plan your path in advance and you'll be okay. Okay. And in terms of safety, um, do you have any safety tips for travelers? Did you find Turkey safe? Um, I found Turkey quite safe. Um, I think a lot of people have a misconception that it's a dangerous area, but Cappadocia um, in general, I feel is quite safe. Um, I actually spoke to one of the locals about this because he did say that um, when he meets Australians and um, meets Americans, a lot of them tell him that they thought that Turkey was unsafe until they got to Cappadocia. Um, and this local, he actually told me that Cappadocia is probably like really safe because people come there specifically because it's become insta famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the, and the people, a majority of the people there are locals who are just. You know, they have markets and family businesses and they go to Cappadocia in that area specifically because they know that the, there are a tourists that visit there where they can get business from and they just focus on their work. And um, the tourists that stop by there, they're friendly. They're just there to have a nice time, relax and take photos. So it's a very, like, relaxed vibe. Um, but I guess in terms of like tips for safety, just do your research in advance. So mm-hmm. um, before we would take off for our drive for the day, I just download like um, Google Maps, um, the offline maps on my phone and just map out where we're going to go because we didn't want to be, you know, stuck in the middle of somewhere, stranded, mm-hmm. um, without reception, that kind <laughs> of thing. Um, yeah, but we never had that problem before. Like it was relatively like safe and if we did, need to ask someone for directions or questions like everyone was super helpful um and yeah I think the other safety suggestion is just if you're planning to stay out all night um some of the streets around Gorem they don't necessarily have street lights so just have like a source of light with you like either if it's just the light on your phone or um a little torch or something that you bring along just in case 
you're walking down a street where you can't really see where you're going because a lot of like cobblestone flooring and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone around the area was quite friendly and it was quite safe. Oh, good to know. And was it, did you feel the same way in Istanbul? Um, I did feel the same way in Istanbul. And I feel like um, people in Turkey, Cappadocia, they're friendly and they're like happy to speak to you in Istanbul. Um, they're friendly as well, but they're quite shy. And I think when I'm approaching people and asking them for directions, um, they kind of hesitate to to like speak back or respond. And I guess that might also be because um, it's not as big of a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of people can speak English that well. Um, but in terms of safety, like people were so lovely. Um, we never felt unsafe. And in Istanbul, we... Um, we kind of just like walked around and explored the local area with no problems. Um, I guess the only thing was that we didn't realize um, that we got there um, during the, during the age, during the fasting, the age festival. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, people were praying during the morning, all the shops were closed and also because people were fasting, certain restaurants weren't serving food and that kind of thing. Um, so it was just a cultural difference, but mm-hmm. safety-wise, we felt safe in both Istanbul and Turkey. Okay. Now, before wrapping things up, you and Will are obviously very savvy travelers. What are some of your favorite travel apps or travel resources uh, for planning a trip or for while you're actually traveling? Um, so we, we rely a lot on Google Maps. <laughs> yes. I use an app called yeah. Maps.me, actually, That was, um, which is also really easy to navigate. But Google Maps is also okay. obviously the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll download that so we've got two to back ourselves up. Yeah. Google Maps and Maps.me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I plan all of my trips with um, Google Maps. So just keep adding, like, destinations 